This is the Groupfinity Podcast, episode number 10. Welcome to the Groupfinity Show, a podcast for leaders of volunteer organizations. We take the guesswork out of what works so you can focus on your mission, accomplish more, and get rid of administrative madness. And now, your host, who knows you are the 20% who does 80% of the work, Anthony Wilson. Welcome to the Groupfinity Podcast, no matter where you are and whenever you may be listening. Welcome back, Groupfinity Nation. Today, I'm talking to Becky Urbano. Becky is the chair of her elementary school auction committee, and their auction was scheduled just days before the shelter-in-place was ordered. She and her team had to scramble fast and change course. Please remember, if you have a question about your specific situation, you can go to groupfinity.com and click on the COVID-19 link in the top menu. You can leave your question there. We'll work through the question as quickly as we can and provide you with answers. So the key takeaways in my talk today with Becky are, number one, don't be afraid to ask your guests to donate their ticket funds. Number two, be proactive and emotions must take a back seat. And number three, be prepared for the worst case scenario. Check out groupfinity.com for the show notes and links for this episode. Under the resource section, you'll find some resources that were mentioned in this episode. I hope you enjoy this interview with Becky, and I'll be back at the end to wrap it up. I'm excited to have Becky Urbano join me today. Becky is the auction chair for her elementary school. The sheltered home order was put in place four days before their auction was to take place, so she and her team had to pivot fast. She is going to share what they did. So, hi, Becky, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, Anthony. Glad to be here. So, Becky, the timing was not great, right? (laughs) But that's what I want to talk to you. You guys are really up against it, and you had to make decisions fast. So, let us know what happened. Well, we were under pressure uh, from the district to postpone our auction um, about four days before the event. And this was in response to the growing concern over the COVID-19 situation. This was before they had actually put any official shelter in place uh, measures uh, on the county. However, other schools had already postponed their auctions we were sort of the last holdout and, um, you know, we really had to weigh the safety of our population versus the, you know, trying to get our major fundraising in at the last minute. And really it just came down to being responsible citizens. And we took the proactive measure to, um, to shift and look at what our other options were by canceling the uh, main event. And actually in the few days between when we made that decision and when our event was supposed to take place, the schools announced that they would be closed through spring break. And two days after our event was supposed to take place, countywide shelter in place followed by statewide shelter in place um, came down. So we were sort of at the front edge of of the the latest shutdowns. Yeah, I would say so. It sounds like you guys were in the eye of the storm. Yeah, yeah, it was tricky because we had to make at that point it was still somewhat up to us. We we were still in a position of having <laughs> some minor semblance of control over what happened. Uh, but it was very clear between uh, all that was going on that that was not going to be the situation for long. And um, we were proactive uh, in some regard, but it, in, in all honesty, it probably would have been easier and more efficient for us if we had made that decision earlier. 
So Becky, was the venue willing to work with you or how did that work? We were very lucky. Uh, our venue was um, a community space. They had a pretty generous uh, policy when it came to working with local organizations. They had a very low deposit requirement, which we did lose. We had to forfeit our deposit. However, we did not have to incur any additional costs related to food purchase or um, any of our other rental costs. Uh, So really, we had the best possible situation. We lost a small deposit, and that was it. Did you have any other vendors that you had scheduled that you put down deposits on as well? Yes. um, We had an auctioneer and we did lose the deposit on that, which was approximately one quarter of their total cost. And then we had a DJ and sound AV system that we had rented and we lost uh, the deposit for that was about 50%. So we did have to forfeit those costs as well. And so what about the, um, the ticket fees for the event? You know, you pre-sold tickets to school community mm-hmm. and the parents. How did that work with respect to refunds? Did you, did you offer them? Did you do them? Did you keep the money? What, what happened there? Um, it was, refunds were an option. Uh, we tried to phrase it in a way that suggested uh, you, you were more than welcome to get a refund if you would like to request one. We did not automatically offer a refund as the first option. Uh, so our initial communication to our community was, you know, thank you for your uh, purchase of a ticket. We hope you would consider this a donation to the school. However, if you would like a refund, please contact us for information about processing that. And no one, no one took us up on that. Everyone considered it a donation. We had a few folks actually who had purchased items that were time sensitive. They had tickets to sporting events that got canceled. And, uh, this was before they purchased them before, um, knowing, you know, any of this was coming down and they were very generous and actually just decided to donate that money to the school. So, um, it, it worked out great for us in that regard. So cool. So 100%, no one asked for a refund. You got to keep all the, the, the ticket sales. Correct. Cool. Correct. 100%. And then what about any sponsors that you had? Did you, um, did you have to refund anything there? No, uh, we had two sponsors. Both were sponsorships that came through parents at the school and those sponsorships uh, stayed in place. No one requested any refunds. Cool. So you got to keep everything that came in mm-hmm. and you just lost the deposits on the, on the stuff that you had already, that you had already paid for, but you didn't have to pay anything more beyond that. Correct. Right. So talk to me about going virtual. Um, when you made that decision, had you done much, much research on going virtual before that time? Yes. Um, and I will say our auction is a multi-phased event. So this was our main event, the live, um, you know, night of dinner and drinks and, uh, silent and all that stuff. But we have other components that had been going on prior to this. We had, uh, two online auctions, one for camps and one for miscellaneous items that had come in. So the, our, audience was already used to using an online platform for bidding. 
so we were able to use the software that that we were using for the event anyway. And when it was all said and done, it was really uh, maybe about 10 minutes to switch over the categories from a live event to an online event. Our catalog did not have to change. Um, and this was mere, this was just a function of how flexible the software was that we used to manage all of our auction sales. The more difficult part actually was going through each of the items and determining which ones could still be offered for bidding. Um, the nature of our, our auction and our fundraising is some of our biggest selling items, highest selling items are those experiences. We have a lot of, you know, you know, X for the day, principal for the day, librarian for the day, you know, those sort of low cost, but high uh, fundraising type events, which were no longer an option to us since there was no school. So there could be no principal for the day. Uh, or we had tickets to sporting events, people donate getaways. Uh, so there was a fair number of the items that we were not able to offer and that we still have not offered. But after doing that initial sort, we were actually able to pivot and open up an online auction. Um, uh, actually, on the Friday before our event would have normally taken place. So within three days of making the announcement of canceling the main event, we had opened up the rest of the items for online bidding. And you mentioned you used a software tool. What was that? So we use schoolauction.net. And we've used them for several years now. And there's several advantages to this particular platform. One, we can see data from prior years. So simply by logging in, the administrator can go back however many years you've used the platform. And you can compare results, run reports. Um, you can check don- you know, donors, donor information. Uh, so it's very, it's very handy. Uh, you can go to one place. When you open up a new year, you can import the data from the prior year, so it saves a lot of data entry. Uh, So once we've cleaned up sort of our base information, we can transport that year to year and simply do a limited amount of cleanup. So it's something we were familiar with. Uh, We chose it because of its flexibility, and we've chosen it because it does allow us to do both the live event as well as various online events. Um, and we can collect all of our payment through it. We can generate receipts from it. We, we can use it as an email communication tool. Uh, it's kind of an all-in-one package. You get to the end, and, you, and you're closing everything down. So in your opinion, was the virtual event as successful as you expected the live event to be, or did you have to adjust your expectations? Oh, there was some serious <laughs> expectation adjustment. Um, in our experience, and I, I will say that this is not my first time um, through auction land. So we, you know, our team had a, a deep well of experience to draw from. And we knew that when we rely on online auctions only, they do not generate as much money as they do in the live event. And I think it's a matter of various factors. I think there's perhaps a bit more bargain hunting for online. You don't have the social encouragement, shall we say, that you would have at a live event where you have your friends kind of egging you on and there's a more of a 
more competitive nature. Uh, the online event goes on a lot longer. So sometimes people have great intentions, but then, you know, perhaps don't come back to follow up as often. So we, we had to adjust our expectations accordingly. So between the, the loss of just number of items, because there was a significant amount that we could not even offer. So between the reduction in items available, plus the online component, plus the stress of the situation, you know, some folks were great and you know, really put their heart into the bidding, but a lot of folks are nervous and, and you know, didn't really want to take the chance to you know, be putting a, a lot of money out there, not knowing what was coming uh, in terms of shelter in place and, and the whole situation. So no, we didn't make as much money. We, we figured we uh, came out at about 50% of what we would have fundraised in total uh, over the course of all of the normal events. Well, figuring you had to respond in four days, 50% is not too bad, I would say. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, yes, it's not. You're right. There's perspective. Um, after putting so many months into it, uh, you know, there's definitely a disappointment factor. But yes, it's not. It's, it's better than nothing, and it certainly is not a kick in the head. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thanks so much for for your time. I have one one more question. So, sure. what was the biggest thing that that you learned? What's the most important takeaway? If someone who's listening is faced with the same situation, though, they they might not be faced with sort of four days before like you were, I mean, you guys are really up against it, but, but there are a lot of people out there right now who are having, you know, to make a similar decision, you know, should I, should I continue on? Or maybe I'm, I'm forced to cancel kind of what, what are your learnings and, and what are the takeaways? I would say, I mean, you always have to be prepared for sort of a worst case scenario. And we saw the writing on the wall about two weeks beforehand and really had started to investigate more fully what it would take to switch from event to online. And we were able to investigate how to do that and that enabled us to do it quickly. Um, I will say the biggest thing I learned is that being proactive was a much better situation than trying to be reactive. Um, we had to allow for emotion to kind of take a back seat um, and really be pragmatic about what we were doing and why we were doing it and um, understanding the implications of both financially, but uh, broader the implications to our community to continue the way we were. And, uh, in the end, it was all about saving the, you know, keeping our community safe, doing as much as we could with that was within reason and trying to have a good attitude. Um, one of the things I would say just as a takeaway, we ended up using, uh, social media to a much bigger extent than we ever had before. We did several, uh, live casts and we did, uh, zoom presentations. Um, we tried to get people together virtually and just to keep, you know, both the excitement alive and interest alive. Um, and in that regard, it was 
a really good learning opportunity. I think there's things that we learned about how to communicate with our, our groups that are not necessarily face-to-face that people could participate in in many different ways. And I think we'll do those next year, even, you know, hopefully we have a normal event. Um, but if not, there's definitely promotional things that we learned through this experience that we're going to try to carry forward. That's cool. Tell me a little bit more about what you guys did with respect to social media. <laughs> well, um, I have never done a Facebook Live event, and now I have done several. And um, part of that was really just letting your hair down. Everyone was so stressed out, and they still are. And all those little moments where you can just be kind of vulnerable and a little silly and just super awkward. Oh, so awkward. Um, (laughs) People really enjoyed that. And even if it didn't get them to necessarily bid more, it was worth it because they just, they appreciated the effort. They appreciated the enthusiasm and really in a bad situation, anything that can make you smile and take your mind off of what's going on was a huge benefit. And, um, to that end, we actually are planning another event like that, uh, in a couple of weeks. So we we're still going. <laughs> cool. What, what did you do on Facebook live? Um, we, we announced that we were moving everything online. So there was an initial, Hey, check out the auction website. Now you're going to make, be doing your bids there. Uh, we had regular features. So many, many of the items were stored here at my house. So we, I did Facebook live events where we would feature, Hey, here's what's in you know this particular item. You might want to bid on it. We, we had baskets that had a lot of things. So we would take them out and kind of do a show and tell. Um, we had a few items that were up for, limited numbers of signups, you know, 20 of, I think there were cases of wine. So 20 cases of wine. And then we do updates every couple of days. Hey, there's only four cases left, you know, Ooh, you better bid on this or there's a bidding war for this. So-and-so don't you want to beat out this other person? And, um, it was fun. It just kind of kept people interested. Awesome. Hey, Becky, thank you so much for this today. I think that there was a lot of great information in here that, that will help people. All right. Thanks, Anthony. I'm glad I could help out. I'm so thankful that Becky was able to share her story with us today. They really had to scramble fast to scrap their physical event and go virtual. They did the best they could with the poor hand that they were dealt and still had a successful outcome. An important learning here is you have to be nimble and resourceful. Do what you can and don't worry about what you had planned. The COVID-19 crisis has taught us that we have to do things differently. You have to think out of the box. So the key takeaways in today's episode are, number one, don't be afraid to ask your guests to donate their ticket funds. Number two, be proactive and emotions must take a back seat. And number three, prepare for the worst case scenario. I know many of you are struggling with what to do with your event. Go to groupfinity.com and click on COVID-19 in the top menu and leave your question there. If you have more than one question, go ahead and submit that one as well. If we don't have an immediate answer, we'll do some research, but rest assured we'll get back to you. To make sure you don't miss out on anything, make sure you go over to groupfinity.com, join the community by clicking subscribe. Also, go to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show there, and please be sure to leave a rating and a review. 
Until the next episode, this is Anthony Wilson. Stay safe and be the leader that everyone wants to follow. Thanks for listening to the Groupfinity Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the host, head over to www.groupfinity.com.